0: Today's read, A Moment of Silence, Midnight Three by Sister Soldier, Chapter 25, Leviticus. Seven hours later, I was awakened by a dream that I could feel but couldn't remember. My memory tried to chase down threads of blurred images that melted into nothing but a stream of colors. I heard only breathing, interrupting the silence of the sixty-six sleepers. I sat up. Although my mind's eye now drew a black blank, my soul somehow recalled the instructions it had received. Through the dream, I stood up. Looking through the glass of the CO's command sensor, I saw the one in charge of watching asleep on the job. That meant the second officer was somewhere roaming. My eyes scanned the room. I counted two sleepers missing. Probably they got picked up and moved in the middle of the night for stabbing up Rory. I speculated. When I walked around to the only toilet washroom area in my section, I ran right into Slaughter hiding behind the wall I kept moving like he wasn't there but couldn't miss that the CO was standing there with him I ignored them peed and washed up what up black Deshaun called out to me as I walked back to my cot I nodded my acknowledgement we got a quick cipher before the count he said and I checked that a lot of heads that were down before were now up I heard him but kept moving in the slim space between my cot and the next one nearby I spread my towel on the floor and stood for prayer closing my eyes I eliminated my concern for my own security and my mental blueprint of where each youth was situated in my surroundings I rested in my intention to submit my prayer and raised both of my hands to my ears my palms facing forward I began Bismillah in the name of Allah the noise of the movement to the count didn't reach my ears until my forehead was raised from the floor my knees no longer on the ground my feet now firmly in the standing position and my eyes wide open I removed my towel folded it, then stepped into my kicks and fell into the start of the count, very aware of the authorities' wasted menacing glares, the youth's curious eyes, and the M3's looks moving from deciding if I'm crazy or right and exact. I was solid and sure. In my soul was the message for me to no longer conceal my Muslim identity in population. I would continue using the false name, but I am forbidden from false behavior or taking any action that doesn't line up with what a true Muslim man would do as guided by the Holy Quran. In my soul was the message to make my prayers to Allah out in the open without concern for intervention or interruption By the lions, wolves, hyenas, or even the snakes. I thought it was a dangerous idea in an explosive environment, but my duty to Allah is higher than any thought or fear that my mind might manufacture. The message in the dream was that if all of the other males, were living foul and in chaos, naively and boldly, and out in the open, and the Muslim males were concealing our Muslim demeanor, there would be no light in the darkness. The message was for me to be a light, a reminder, a warning to them, and even a warning to myself, and to do it without fear. Allah is your only protection, so I'm doing it. I'm glad you chose our regular table this morning, Deshaun said. If you would have moved one table over from the one you chose last night, we would have ran head up with the Dominicanos We've been to war with them before, but it's bad for business. Fuck being boxed for the winter, Slaughter said. Word, the other M3's agreement with him came in a chorus. Where's Ditch, I asked. Deshaun smiled. Good looking out, he said. But they snatched him in the middle of the night. Sent him upstate. That's how they do it in here. The body snatchers. Grab a convicted yo... In the middle of the night and move them anywhere in America they want to move them to. But wherever it is, it's a fucked up place. Jail and prison, both fucked up, but two different things. That's the word, Deshaun said. Ditch's rhyme in class yesterday had me thinking. I could feel his heart woven in the words of his story and thumping in his cadence and delivery that was different wasn't used to feeling shit from these type of niggas the whole day yesterday had my head bombed were these youth all sons of bitches bitch or bitches that's how they referred to their mothers and pretend wives and girlfriends and to all women Is that what they really think and feel about them? Are their women just to be used as their workers and mules, fucked and abandoned? Are they familiar with the feeling and power of love? Are their women all scandalous, disloyal bitches and their fathers, either unknown and absent or present and untrustworthy, motherfuckers? that fucked the bitches they lusted after and then left them in the lurch. Maybe it's both. Their fathers are motherfuckers. Their mothers are bitches. Meanwhile, they are the sons of bitches. The miserable bastards that resulted from sex without marriage, love, or faith, or any real and true intent or tight bond. It is not that I was surprised. I grew up in it. However, if I wasn't forced to face it now, concentrate on it, study it, then I wouldn't. I was busy building my own world, loving my wives, enjoying my family, and handling my business guided by faith. I learned from the few classes we shared that these cats had talents and were not dumb. They were clever with their words. At the same time, they were not smart either. Same as in mathematics class, we are challenged to show our work and solve the problems with accurate precision. These cats couldn't do the math of life or solve their own problems. They were calculating but performing the wrong functions, using the wrong formula, and coming up with the wrong answers. The fact that I'm in here, same as them, interacting with them, is my hard reality. Yesterday, I looked up the word revolution. I realized I liked going to class from listening to the reasoning of Teacher Ali and the skillful way He dragged the cats into a convo they probably would normally not give a fuck about. I have a good, strong, clear, warm, and useful memory of love. Of my friends, my teachers, my family, my women, my life. What happens though to young heads who have no memories or feelings or bonds or an uncorrupted sense of real Love, could men really be bonded by murder, money, and mayhem without anything else like love or truth mixed in and holding it together? When I was in the box, I realized the reason that isolation was torture to them and preferred by me. They were left in the box without memories of true love. What was revolving in their minds? Did they have only memories of the crimes they committed? or fucked up families and dirty living? When they thought of their women, did they only recall arguments, fights, and betrayals? Did only images of their disappointing and disappointed mothers flash through their thoughts? Did they only think of hate, hatred of their mother's boyfriends or their disappeared deadbeat dads or hatred for themselves What would I be like? What condition would I be in if, when boxed for three months, I could only recall the faces of dirty cops and detectives and racist judges and the abuses I had done and the abuses I had suffered. Revolution, in my dictionary, was defined as an overthrow, a complete rejection and replacement of a government or a system of control, I don't desire to be a politician or to replace the government of the USA or of Sudan. However, I realized in this situation where I was sleeping with 66 confined males who were obviously about taking action, but who were without the tradition of example, of faith, respect, love, or discipline, that either I had to overthrow them or they would naturally try and overthrow me. Dimension. Facilitate. Hypothesis. Legislate parameter, pause, psychology, scenario, subordinate, synthesis. The GED English class vocabulary words were written on the blackboard. Gentlemen, open your notebooks, teacher Max said. We did. I'll be walking down the line checking to see who took the time to write out the vocabulary word sentences there will be a mock test next week on all of the vocabulary words i have assigned and you have studied since september if you are behind or if you just arrived or whatever your attendance and circumstance if you are here next week you will be tested ask your classmates for help or for notes I also have a few copies of the complete list of all of the GED vocabulary words. The classroom door opened, and Leviticus entered, escorted by a CO. His face was wrapped. The bandages went around the side of his face, over his hair, and underneath his chin. His jaw is broke. He won't be able to talk, Mr. Mac, so go easy on him, the CO said with a smirk. Luckily, his hands are not broken, long as he can write. He can participate, Teacher Mac said. Take your seat. All eyes followed Leviticus to his seat. Imperial, in one punch, shot me a look of praise. When is the real GED test, the student asked. Two weeks after the mock test. The GED test will be available to those who are ready for it. If you blow the mock test, don't ask to sit for the GED. The state of New York has to pay for each applicant. Teacher Mac pointed to yes, yes, y'all, to get the new vocabulary word sentences going for the day. Yes, yes, y'all, looked around the room dramatically like he believed he was a film star in a comedy flick. Mr. Mac, I'm sorry, man, he said, then inhaled, waiting to capture everyone's attention. <sighs> it seems like we need to pause and peep the scenario. What? Mr. Mack asked him. It seems my classmate has been punched into another dimension. It's only my hypothesis, though, he said, pointing to Leviticus and bringing the class to laughter. That's four vocabulary words. Pause, scenario, dimension, and hypothesis. Yes, yes, y'all explained. I'll take my extra credit. Leviticus could not laugh, move his mouth, Even speak. After mathematics class, Leviticus was not in the lineup for lunch where he normally would be. I ate my meal in silence as the M3s spoke confidentially about Rory. He should thank us. I heard they're gonna hold him in the hospital for three days. We helped him get the fuck out of here. The hospital is like a vacation from this joint. He won't be back to our area. After his hospital stay, he'll join the coochie club, Slaughter said. You right, Deshaun added. His snitching ass will switch right into protective custody. Leviticus got the short end of the deal. No hospital stay for him, and he gotta suck his food through a straw. Applesauce and peas. Heard he'll be fucked up for six weeks, Puerto Rican Paco said. "'He's a good look for us,' Imperial said. "'Every time he shows his face, "'anybody looking knows to watch his mouth. "'I don't know what he said to Black, "'but whatever it was, "'he won't be saying that shit no more. "'He won't be saying nothing,' Deshaun said. "'One of us is gonna have to make that call "'and call his psycho-ass moms. "'That's you, God,' Mathematics said to Deshaun. "'You the diplomat?' "'Brother, are you okay?' "'Teacher Ali asked Leviticus. "'He can't answer you,' another student said. "'I see,' teacher said, "'and took a long pause to survey Leviticus's face. "'Deprived of your freedom of speech,' "'teacher remarked afterwards. "'The class responded with complete silence, "'including Leviticus, who didn't shift his head, "'eyes, or body, or react in any way.' Yesterday, Brother Leviticus identified one of the roots of revolution for our class. He said the forcing of strangers into homes of civilians was one cause. It may also be called the quartering of soldiers because the British government was forcing colonists to house soldiers in their private homes. From your handout, readings and thoughts, let's discuss the additional causes. Plain and simple, Imperial said, them British dudes was trying to run the American hoods. The American colonies, Teacher Ali corrected. True that, same thing though. The British were sending in their troops, dominating, shooting, and killing. And the British boys had real cannons, Imperial said. The main thing is that the British were fucking up their money. That's going to bring war into any territory, Nino said. Give me the details, Teacher Ali pushed. Too much taxes, closing down the seaport so ships couldn't bring in the product. Shit like that. Neil answered. Perfect, teacher said. These were referred to as the intolerable acts. Now, who can define what the word intolerable means? It's like when you' so used to shit happening a certain wrong way, you expect the cops to roll through, stop you, search you. That's everyday bullshit. But when they order you to lay face down on the pavement, that shit is intolerable. Fuck that. When they busting shots at your back when you are unarmed and standing still, that shit is intolerable. (laughs) Nah, when they shoot your moms or your grandmoms, that shit is intolerable. Remember Grandma Eleanor Bumpers? Two years ago, the NYPD hit her up with a 12-gauge shotgun because she was late paying her rent. When they went with the fake ass housing authority cops to evict her, grandma wouldn't open up her door. She knew what time it was. NYPD executed her. An old lady. That was my BX hood, the kid from the Bronx said, and I remembered his face from the riot. Just to clarify, the NYPD did say that the old lady was crazy and threatening. Teacher Ali provoked. The class laughed, a frustrated, angry laughter. They say that about all of us. Yes, yes, y'all said. That don't give them the right to shoot us, though. Come on, man. The cops don't give a fuck about anybody's rights. What you mean it doesn't give them the right? They taking it, Slaughter said. The cops are crazy and threatening. Maybe we should shoot them, too, the kid from the Bronx fired back. The sound of silence paralyzed the room even teacher Ali didn't have his usually quick comeback then he said the circumstances that you brothers are describing right now were the roots of the American revolution you must remember however that these identical circumstances happening anywhere on earth where humans live are the same causes of revolution he looked around the room there was a force behind his eyes. The American colonists, whether they were relatives, friends, or complete strangers to one another, were bonded together by their mutual interest and in their mutual rejection of unreasonably high taxes, of murder, of unfair trials, not by a jury of their neighbors or peers, of military force and might and poverty, the colonists, were not secure in their livelihood or safe in their own homes. They effectively experienced the withdrawal of their core rights and freedoms, teacher summarized, and then began writing one word on the blackboard, contradiction. What were the contradictions in the American Revolution? Let me back up. Who knows the meaning of the word contradiction? He asked all of us. A lie, Bobby Ransom called out that's part of it teacher Ali said but not all of it a hidden lie the kid from the Bronx answered nice teacher said and then repeated a hidden lie a hidden lie by a liar who presented himself as the truth but for his own benefit I said that's beautiful brother almost perfect a contradiction is an inconsistency In plain speech, however, we can summarize it as a hidden lie that doesn't match up with what a person, a group, or a government said they represented in the first place. In many cases, the contradiction may be the exact opposite of what a person said or pretended to represent or to have been pushing, politicking, and fighting for. We will end our discussion right there, Teacher Ali said. Then he added, your assignment for tonight is to think about this. What was the hidden lie of the American Revolution? I already know it, Mathematics said calmly. Brother, it sounds like you need to say it right now rather than tomorrow, Teacher pointed out. The hidden lie was that all them white devils who were fighting for freedom were supporting slavery over the black man and woman at the same time. Meanwhile, the black man was helping them white devils win their freedom. And the first freedom fighter to get shot down was a black man. That's fireworks, Teacher Ali said. I had heard the breakdown of the white man is the devil philosophy. The Quran does not say that. I don't believe that way. True believers in Islam believe that all humans of any race are capable of both good and evil. Every soul is in a struggle to separate itself from niggardliness and evil. And it seemed to me that that war around the world is always about power, money, land, gold, and women. Teacher Kareem Ali pushed mathematics to make himself clear, but to find the word you're using, devils. The British were white devil people. The colonists were white devil people. That's white-on-white crime right there, the class laughed. One set of whites wanted freedom from the other set of whites, so they called themselves freedom fighters. But the British, who were the dominant whites, wanted to keep profiting from the weaker white colonists while ignoring their complaints and demands and taxing and giving them hell, and giving up next to nothing. The contradiction was that the British whites and the white American colonists' freedom fighters both believed in, participated in, and profited from the enslavement of the black man and woman in Britain, in the American colonies, and all around the world, Mathematics said, summarizing his take on it. Outstanding. That definitely was an inconsistency. The hidden lie, a disregarded and buried truth Thus, it was definitely one contradiction of the American colonists who dubbed themselves Revolutionary Freedom Fighters. The assignment for tomorrow, then, is to the class-groaned, interrupting teacher. The assignment is to write one paragraph and be prepared to discuss it in class tomorrow, answering the question, Are you a revolutionary or a contradiction? leviticus i called him over he looked intimidated lowered his gaze then began to approach me slowly look a man in his eyes when he's talking to you that's what men do i told him his nervous pupils jumped around before he could straighten them to look at me "'I apologize, man, for damaging your jaw. "'I'll back my apology up with a favor to you. "'Ask me for one thing. "'If it's within my reach, I'll grant it. "'If it's not, you can ask for something else that is, "'something equal to the damage I did to you.' "'He was fidgeting. "'Stop moving,' I told him. "'Straighten your two legs and make your stance firm in the ground.' "'He began adjusting himself.' So breathe you can't spend your whole life holding your breath that's not what men do he inhaled exhaled inhaled calmly be calm not dramatic then he began breathing normal take some time and think about my offer In a few words as possible and as few words as possible write down what favor you want hand it to me only in teacher ali's class whenever you're clear understand? He nodded painfully. Last thing I said, mention my mother one more time anywhere, any place, any time to anybody no matter who it is. Even if it's only one word, one sentence, or even a compliment, I'll kill you. Talking while locked up the she officer had already put me up on that. She said that the authorities would send you an inmate who is tagged an informant to them and known as a snitch to any prisoner. Their informant is a locked up inmate, same as you, so your guard is down. He may tell you something about himself, then ask you something about yourself, your case or some previous incident that occurred that you may or may not know anything about. In casual conversation, you will say something that might result in new charges being added onto the ones you already have. In one word or one sentence out of your own mouth to another inmate, you may be shocked when he suddenly appears testifying against you at your trial or could simply, with the information he gathered and you told him, be guaranteeing your own conviction. I thought it was hard to believe doing an extra 5, 10, 15 years because of a conversation. But I thought about how even in my case, the number one thing the detectives and prosecutor did not have was evidence. and eyewitness testimony. I believed that they would easily plant someone beside me to collect information that they were incapable of gathering on me on their own and that I was never ever going to hand them. Informants oftentimes are inmates who have a pending case. Since they face conviction and as their trial date draws near, their fears stretch out and explode in them, they would trade another inmate's freedom to secure their own even if they have to do dirty deeds. Lie and invent details or simply tell something that has been said, agreed to casually, or confided. More than the murder I committed, any information that connected me to my Uma was what I intended to squash, avoid, eliminate. That reasoning led to my impulse to crash my fist into Leviticus's face. I needed him and anybody else to know not to get casual or sloppy with me. Don't mention my mother or my women or ask me any personal questions. Not one of these cats is a friend to me. I'm not a man who makes threats. I execute. Whatever the truth is in my soul, heart, or mind, I take action over words. In my young life, I have never told any man, if you, if you do this or that, I'll kill you. However, the circumstances of this situation were different. I wasn't sorry that I silenced Leviticus. I thought the hit he took would cause him to never mention Uma again, and in the extremely slim chance that he slipped up to me, that would mean that he was either stupid or he was being used to gather or confirm information on me or my family. I meant what I said when I told him the consequences of that. So. Why did I apologize for smashing his face? Why did I agree to grant him a favor, especially not knowing his mind or what he would ask for? I had to. In order to live with myself, to define myself, I had to apologize to Leviticus. When I saw the M3s grouping me up with themselves and praising me for a deed well done, I knew I had done something that I wanted to do, but something that was wrong. I knew also that just admitting it to myself was cowardly. I could not accept myself as a coward. I hate that. I needed to apologize to him face to face, and I needed to back that apology up with something that I was willing to sacrifice as a form of repayment for what I had done. How did I decide that I had done wrong? Like in a math problem, Or, an equation where we must show our work, our thinking through numbers, calculations and answers and conclusions. I had to do the math of life. First, Leviticus is a victim. The word victim has about three definitions a victim is a person who suffers because of a destructive action, a victim is a person who is deceived. Or cheated by his own emotions or ignorance or by the dishonesty of others. A victim is also an animal served up as a sacrifice. Leviticus was all three. Leviticus's mother had a legit job where she earned. I knew this because I used to see her working her I used to see her wearing her work uniform but she also carried herself like a whore. This caused her to participate in disrespectful arrangements and relationships with men. This meant that Leviticus had been raised in the presence of men who didn't love or respect her, who also fought and beat her and consequently didn't love or respect him. He loved his mother, however, He was so young when the parade of her disrespectful boyfriends began that he couldn't protect her or respect her from early on. I figured it must burn a continuous fire in his chest to love a mother he couldn't or didn't respect. I used to see him around our Brooklyn block looking embarrassed, vulnerable, and weak. For a few years, I didn't see him at all, when I encountered him again here at Rikers and he was grown and had the male physique, I didn't know the details of what had happened to him. After I hit him was when Deshawn told me that Daquan caught Leviticus on the back stairwell with Lance's na in his mouth. Lance, the same trash who I murdered. As a man, I couldn't envision or fathom or accept or even imagine that. Only thing I knew was that Lance was at least three or four years older than Leviticus. Still, Leviticus was old enough at that time, 11 or 12, to know better, to fight back, and to retaliate. I can only assume that what Lance did to him was forced. Who would do that voluntarily? What I did know for certain was that Lance was a predator. A predator is defined as someone or something that preys on others. The nastiest of all human predators use the nastiest tactics and prey on the weakest and most helpless among others. I know the laws of the jungle. I know every beast and every man has to eat. But I also know that there is a difference between men eating to live and men who have a perverse thirst to destroy and conquer and a love to kill. I have never been a predator. In my faith, it is wrong to kill for sport, to satisfy a perverse desire or insatiable ego or heavy pride. However, in Islam, we do have the right to defend our lives and loved ones from repression and mischief and evildoers defense sometimes results in murder I believe in that solidly yet I had a need to define and distinguish and separate myself from any and all predators in my mind and in the mind of others even though I already knew that only Allah is the judge and that Allah is the best knower once I saw Leviticus all bandaged up for a slight second I felt like a predator And even a slight second is too long for me to carry that feeling, especially when I am striving to be true. I hit Leviticus before I knew his mother was being used as a mule. Before I found out that Leviticus did not know that she comes up here to see other men on visitations, not only him, her son. Before I knew that she delivered contraband to prisoners. Before I knew, he was an animal being sacrificed, a young man being cheated, a deceived victim. Once I knew, and once I saw the result of my hit, which added to his suffering, I felt guilty, wrong, and responsible. There was nothing left except for me to take responsibility for my part in that. After all of that, why did I still say that I would kill him if he mentioned Uma in any way ever again? Because I would even if it was wrong. To protect Uma, I would carry the burden, even the burden against my own soul. I also believed that I had done, inshallah, enough good deeds and strivings in this life that Allah, the most compassionate, would forgive me for this immense love for my mother that caused me to protect her fervently. Furthermore, since I apologized, I needed him and any onlookers to not see my apology as a weakness or an opportunity. I know these guys have no faith, no culture, no worthy traditions, and fuck it, no fathers. Therefore, I knew that the streets and these youth and many men see and saw both prayers and apologies as soft. In Islam, we have Tajweed, a requirement to strive to a level close to perfection. We have a consideration, a responsibility to think and rethink, to evaluate and weigh and make honest and careful decisions. We have a responsibility to pursue the truth, live the truth, be the truth, yet we know that we can never be perfect. We have a responsibility to remind and mourn others. However, when we fall short, we must make atonement. Atonement is more than apologizing or feeling sad or sorry about a doubtful or wrong choice. Atonement involves reparation or a repayment to the victim of your wrongful choice and in the case of death to the victim's family. A spiritual atonement can be done in the performance of a fast or sacrifice or several deeds of charity. In addition to that, A spiritual atonement involves a sincerity expressed from the soul of the wrongdoer to Allah. That sincerity is word and deed combined. The favor I extended to Leviticus was a portion of my repayment to him and of my striving for atonement. Two words were written on the paper that Leviticus dropped on my desk in teacher Kareem Ali's class the following day. "'Teach me.' In the yard, I called him over, knowing that he wouldn't approach my territory anymore unless I gave him permission. "'One for yes, two for no,' I told him, at the same time holding up one, then two fingers to demonstrate.' do you believe in God? I asked him. There was a pause. He didn't raise one or two fingers. Instead, he started fidgeting again. Stop moving. Stand still, I said calmly. He stopped rocking. I knew he had something to say, but couldn't. Do you pray? He raised two fingers for no. I looked at him. The math in my mind was being sorted. A Muslim prays five times a day. If I have been praying five times a day since I was five years young, I had made almost 20,000 prayers to Allah and this guy, based on his answer, had made none. For me, it meant that this guy was without spiritual protection other than the grace of of Allah because Allah does as he pleases but seeing Leviticus's condition he had suffered a lot from his own unawareness subtract 20,000 prayers and minus 10 Ramadans and minus one good father as an example of a man damn there is only one God I told him and it is not any man who ever hurt you or any man you've ever met it's not Deshawn Imperial Jamar or Mathematics and it's definitely not me look at the sky I pointed look at the sun the sky the sun the moon and the stars were all created by the same one who created your soul If you have never made a prayer to the one who created your soul, you are not only lost, you are ungrateful. But more importantly than that for you is that you are unprotected. Up to now, you have gotten on your knees for all the wrong reasons and for all of the wrong people. On your knees for filthy men on your knees for the police on your knees out of fear ungrateful and lost never on your knees for the one who created your soul and gave you life to say a prayer of appreciation a prayer for guidance a prayer for vision a prayer for protection is that right? I asked him he held up one finger for yes haven't heard what I think Are you still asking me to teach you? He raised one finger for yes. Are you asking for help with your classwork or the GED or the SAT? I asked, wanting to be clear. He raised two fingers for no. Are you asking me to teach you how to fight? He raised two fingers for no. What do you want to learn? What do you want to be? I asked him already getting impatient he pointed to me I paused you want me to teach you how to be me he raised one finger for yes in the washroom before dawn I was preparing for prayer Leviticus was standing over the sink beside me doing what he saw me doing washing my face rinsing my mouth and cleaning my ears and nostrils, washing my hands and forearms and washing my legs from the knees down and the tops and soles of my feet. You have to be yourself. You can never be another man. Starting today, I'll help you in the library for the next six weeks to figure out who you are and who you can become once you strive for understanding. After the six weeks, Your jaw should be healed, and you will have all else that you need to guide yourself. I recommend that you make your first prayer with your eyes open and in complete silence. Watch me to learn and watch my back. Once you learn how it's done, you can begin to close your eyes, and I'll watch your back.